folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. Hope and we don't have any technical hiccups. No technical hiccups. We need a droid to fix our computers while we're recording our podcasts, just to sit right next to us and make sure there are no technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, that that would be nice. Although I knock on wood, we've we've had a pretty good run. We've never lost too much. This this uh, I think we lost twelve minutes of recording here. That's the most yeah. we've ever lost, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's not too bad. I was like, thank goodness we're not an hour in because I would have been like, <gasps> Corey. <laughs> well, yeah, if we were an hour in, we would just save that, cut it, and yeah. then, you know. Uh, uh, but, yeah, we were like, eh, it's 12 minutes. Who cares? We can we can retread, uh, retread that. I've actually, I was listening to last podcast on the left. They did this really kind of cool mm-hmm. Q&A one uh, episode a, a little bit back, and they've been around for like nine years. And they were talking about how um, early on in their days, you know, of recording, they would lose like whole episodes where they'd get Whoa. back and Marcus would be editing it. And he's like, nope, we got to do this whole thing over again. And, <gasps> oh, my God, but, that's terrifying. I know. But that's that. I think that's what separates the 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 boys and girls from the men and the women, you know, True. like, is do you have the gumption to, to go and do it? And they did it. And now this is where they are. So I think yeah. I think the universe always rewards hard work. That's my belief. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, this is a strong belief of mine. I think that it also re- rewards the pers- persistent and the passionate, which mm-hmm. is hard work, really. Yeah. I, I, yes, I agree. I think, uh, it, it rewards people who stick with it and, and really prove, prove their worth essentially. Like the Mandalorian. Ooh, like the Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, welcome to ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Tess. And this episode, and it fits in with our month of origin stories, we are going to review The Mandalorian Season 1 as a whole. Now, mm-hmm. you guys and gals can go and listen to the our specific episode 1 and 2 that we did if you want to get into more of the nitty-gritty there. But this is going to be full spoiler, full freeform discussion of the first season of The Mandalorian as a whole. So, mm-hmm. so at the top of the gate, Tess, uh, yes. did you did you see Rise of Skywalker yet? I saw Rise of Skywalker and I loved it. Um, but we were a little tipsy, not gonna <laughs> lie, not gonna lie. It was a fun ride. It was Space Mountain. But uh, you you are a hardcore Star Wars fanatic, may I say, and uh, and you not so much, or did you? Well, see, I like Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I like every Star Wars movie. I, I don't hate Last Jedi like some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, although my wife and I, uh, we did do the whole watch the entire series. Um, on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Disney Plus, and we watched. Uh, I'm sorry, we watched the entire series of movies, um, all the Star Wars movies leading up to Rise of Skywalker. So we watched them all in order. You know, mm-hmm. uh, not in order that they came out in, but episode order. So episode one, two, three, four, yada, 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 yeah. uh, ending with, you know, Last Jedi and then going into watching Rise of Skywalker. And, um, you know, I, I have my problems with parts of Last Jedi, but mm-hmm. as a whole, I, I enjoy it. But 
the the Finn and the Rose stuff with uh, Canto Bite, the the um the planet, uh, with mm-hmm. all the the what's it, the the betting planet or whatever you know like yes. Vegas or whatever it was. I I didn't like that. All that kind of stuff. I thought that was dumb. But um, Rise of Skywalker, I enjoyed. Overall, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was very very fun. Yeah. But Daisy my, Ridley though, right? Daisy Ridley was was, was awesome. And and yeah. honestly. This is the one I liked the characters the most in. I, I yeah. Rise of Skywalker. I, I liked, uh, and we'll keep no spoilers on Rise of Skywalker. We'll keep oh, the spoilers okay. to, to Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. um, but I, I liked. I'll just say I, I liked. I liked Finn. I liked um, Poe. I liked Ray. I liked all mm-hmm. the characters in this one. I liked everything they did with it. Um, but as I finished watching the Mandalorian, especially that final episode, mm-hmm. I thought to myself. Man, the Rise of Skywalker wishes it was the Mandalorian season uh, one because this yeah. show was just awesome. <laughs> Top to bottom, T to B, this yeah. thing was great. It was a piece of art. Everything from the script to the acting to the, um, to the I was going to say outfits, uh, wardrobe, to the sets, to the even the CGI, to Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. to the music. Baby Yoda literally shook the end of 2019 i mean i can't even remember the last time something star wars related was this like mainstream uh-huh. and like everyone was was talking about it it was yeah. unbelievable yeah there were people on on my instagram and uh some of my one of my friends i guess i could call her a friend um but she was like she was like, hey, can you guys stop saying stuff about Baby Yoda? Not to me, but to the world. It was like, it's just a baby, and it's ugly. And it's and I was like, lady, lady, <laughs> back up. This is Baby Yoda. There's giant eyeballs. We don't exactly know where what species he comes from, but he's freaking cute, and he's saving the world, and he can heal people, and he can use the Force with his four fingers, and he sips a cup of tea the cutest way that I've ever seen a cup of tea being sipped was it tea or soup it was soup i think i think that one was soup yeah maybe yeah, yeah. I, I i loved baby yoda <laughs> yeah. i thought he was awesome and they did such a fantastic job keeping that a secret now granted yeah keeping it a secret is the reason we didn't have any merchandise to to purchase because that. so i've i've been in this game so long that i will <laughs> tell you that every spoiler from any Star Wars movie that's ever come out is because someone releases an image of the toys, and oh, and it's always yeah. like it's always like Amazon, like like the UK Amazon uh, uh, had an early solicitation for this this toy for a movie that wasn't coming out until later, and then of course it goes all over the internet, and then boom, yeah. it's out there. So like, imagine, you know, like like. It, the feedback it could have been so much worse if people just saw a picture of it and not have any context to it people would have been like this is stupid what is this but the fact yeah. that we all got to actually experience it at the exact same time pretty much that mm-hmm. weekend mm-hmm. that was it was a it was beautiful and and i'm just amazed in this day and age that they were able to keep that a secret yeah yeah, it was pretty incredible but also like baby yoda was the backbone of most of the mandalorian story without baby yoda there would have been no Mandalorian. It would have just been like Mando was, I'm going to call him Mando, mm-hmm. was like he, he, this really, Baby Yoda humanized him. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, he has emotion. He's not just a killing, bounty hunting machine. Like he's a, a, a soul, a living thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Pedro Pascal 
what a fantastic job he did this season uh, emoting behind that costume the entire time and Amazing. you know the, the we only saw his his face once when IG11 had to like sort of help him out and i loved it because like you only saw it for like um, like 30 seconds or something and that was mm-hmm. it and it was i mean he Pedro Pascal is a big time hollywood actor and he took a role where his entire face is covered 99.9999% of the entire first season and i wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we don't see him at all in, in season 2 you yeah. know but the thing is you can t- you would be able to tell if they were cheating it was always him you can tell by his body motion uh-huh. you can tell by everything it's always pedro pascal how awesome is in i mean my love Gosh. for him as an actor just went through the roof because he said okay to this seriously like what i wonder how many actors they asked to be a part of this and they were like nah bro you're not gonna see my face or i'm just curious or they were or if it was always pedro but even then like how many actors would have said yes to this like that just goes to show how much of an artist he is he's like oh i'm gonna be in a freaking like metal armor Okay, and I have to fight. Like he did it. Did he do his? I was gonna say he did his own stunts. I, I mean, but we don't I'm, know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he did as much as 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 you would, and then I'm sure they had stunt people doing others. But it's great because you can easily insert the stunt person, and it doesn't take away from the continuity of it. You know, you yeah. watch you watch enough CW shows, uh, uh, right, Tess, to know that like you watch The Flash or something, you can tell <laughs> when it's the stunt double. You can yeah. always even in tell. Batwoman. Yeah. yeah, you can always yeah. tell. And here it's just but. By the nature of the design, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you couldn't tell. But um, I love the way that his costume changed over the course of the show. Uh, it was very mm-hmm. video, very video game esque, like leveling up almost. Yeah, like he collected um, the the what do you call them? Like higher valued pieces of metal, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the metal, what about that that metal lady Land- Mandalorian? With the fur, like, um, whatever. She was, holy, she, I think, I think Myra, your wife, um, she sent us a thing that said, like, that's my new Disney princess or something like that. Yeah. Like, she's amazing. Yeah, and she, like, just destroyed those stormtroopers and everything. I I loved it. I loved I loved her. I want to see more of her. I like mm-hmm. Gina Carano. Um, I think she's fantastic. We talked about her in our Wonder Woman episode, but I think yes. she did a, a fantastic job here. Um, everyone was awesome. It was just, it was so much fun. And then... You know, at the end, you you get that main bad bad guy at the end, but I feel like all of this was sort of like a prequel to almost like season two is going to be the real sort of start of his journey, and yeah, and this is like the prequel getting him on the path, uh, sort of thing, and 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 like this is all a prequel to season two essentially. Yeah, and. You you think that they set it up really good for season two, right? Yeah, because now he has to go and find, um, you know, basically he's tasked with with finding the baby's, you know, species and and mm-hmm. delivering, you know, the baby to the species or or whatever. But um, I was listening on Rebel Force Radio and um, a, a Star Wars podcast, probably the biggest one out there. So <laughs> I uh, think I caught I caught that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they speculated they're like, hey, you know, uh, the only thing Mando has to go on is the word Jedi because the the right. lady mentions them, and I love how she she talks about them being wizards and whatnot because mm-hmm. even even in the very first the original movie, A New Hope, um, you know, uh, Han Solo refers to Obi Wan as a crazy old wizard, and mm. it's 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 like. 
it's sort of changed over time, but all of this really started out as like space magic, right? Like the force is just space magic (laughs) and Obi-Wan is just a wizard. He's an old wizard. And Mm -hmm. I like how they're sort of dipping back into that mythos because Mm -hmm. the timeline of the show, it's so far removed now from the time of when Jedis were just roaming around that people Mm -hmm. have just sort of forgotten about them and they just don't even know about them anymore. So, Oh, see... It's it's interesting because I feel like even with all of the movies, we're just scratching the surface to how deep the history and the knowledge of the Jedis are and their capabilities. Um, and so this is going to just dive up like a whole new pocket of information, I think. They're just going to unload it on us. Even I think that you you haven't even you don't even know like they're not, I don't, they're not really pulling anything from the episodes from the like, from the movie, the episode movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, see, it seems like it seems like they're they're trying to dive into to new territories, which I think mm-hmm. is necessary. It can't all just you know be the same and everything. And I I like what they're doing with it. Now, now granted, like yeah, there's a lot of fan service uh, on this show, and I know you've seen a lot of the the Star Wars movies, but you know you're not as big of a fan of them as I am. Which to me, it's like well, it's it, they're they're all the it's my entire world basically. But <laughs> it's it's not even like a fan. It's just there's so many yeah. awesome things to dive into. I guess like for me, because that's really like that was a, Star Wars is a part of your like childhood. So that's yeah. like a big giant piece of nostalgia for you, right? But what I was what I was trying what I wanted to know is like like how does the the season hold up for you? Um, is not like as someone who like doesn't like read every little nano thing. Like did did, <laughs> did you feel like you were missing anything, or did it hold like completely hold its own on on its own merits? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I went into it and I didn't. I, there wasn't a moment throughout the entire season that I thought like oh shoot I need to look that up. Or I didn't turn to my husband and I was like, hey, what was that about? Like, I knew exactly what was going on. They didn't take a lot from the episodes to put into this one, except for the Star Wars world itself. Like, as soon as you saw the world, you knew that you were in the world of Star Wars and what George Lucas and many others have built. And you were there. Like, Like, that's all that you needed to take. All you need to know. This is Star Wars, and this is the world. This is here's some rules, maybe a couple of rules that droids um, they attach to your spaceship, and they'll fix your spaceship as you go. Um, or you know, okay. Speaking of droids, what about <laughs> this? Is really random. You probably know what I'm going to say. That droid at the end, the lava droid. Oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the one thing I was like. Um... Okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and the funny thing is, it was like it was like an R two D two, but with arms and legs. Like it this had the same mm-hmm. body as R two D two, but how R two just has like the two legs. It had yeah. the same body and helmet as, as head as him, but then he had like arms and legs sort of attached onto it, and. Yeah. I, I, I saw that too and I, I sort of had the same feeling. I was like, okay, that's a little a little goofy, but like Star Wars always has a little silliness to it. Like yeah, you, you know what true. I mean? Like there's always a yeah. little bit of, of silliness like sort of here and there, sort of peppered in and things that kinda mm-hmm. you're like you scratch your head you're a little bit and you're like, <laughs> that's a little little silly, but right. yeah, it's it's just a it can be a it can be a silly universe and I like 
creators who play in the play in the in the sandbox that mm-hmm. embrace the silliness of Star Wars sometimes. You know, yeah, it's kind of it's part of it. It's yeah, I hear you on that. You you've got to like, come on, this is this is a scenario that's just absolutely ridiculous, and you're just using every bit of your imagination to believe it, and you're trying to suspend. What is it? Uh, disbelief. Yes, just suspend disbelief and be like, okay, there are droids and things and you can hop from planet to planet. And one thing I've always wondered about Star Wars is what about the air? Can we all just breathe everybody else's air? I, I know, I know. That's that's another like Star Wars conceit, you know, yeah. that, that, that you know, even though we all, yeah, exactly. You see all these aliens in like Jabba the Hutt's palace or something. You're like, shouldn't you be breathing water and, and whatnot? Yeah, that's... That's definitely always a Star Wars conceit. And then, um, um, like, we all basically, everyone speaks the same language, essentially. Right, right. I've know. always thought that. <laughs> you know, and, and granted, there's like, there's, there's spinoffs, like Jabba the Hutt, you know, he speaks an alien language. It's called Hutties, but um, in Return of the Jedi, he speaks it. But then he can, he can understand, uh, you know, English, essentially, which mm-hmm. in this, in the Star Wars universe, that's called basic, uh, is the name of like basically English language is just called oh. speaking basic, you know, and okay. um, uh, it's, it's the language. And then all the, the writing that you see is called, uh, is called uh, Oribesh. Um, okay. and, and someone actually, translates it like there, there is an orabesh like uh alphabet out there kind of like That's how really people cool. do that with uh klingon you know with the klingon oh, wow. language from star trek <laughs> i have a question for you sure um other than the main characters who is your favorite character like somebody you're like oh you know what i mean oh like on in the mandalorian uh yeah. show um mm-hmm. i I love that heavy, that very, that heavy Mando, you know, the one that had the jetpack and the big like Gatling oh, yeah. gun. Um, <laughs> but I honestly, I think, and I'll, and I'll talk about this as my favorite episode as well. I liked the Bill Burr episode. I liked the one Ooh. where they had to do that heist, um, where mm-hmm. they had to break that uh, Twi'lek guy out of, uh, or Twi'lek, uh, however you pronounce it. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's his species uh, with the the. The, the thing around his head on his yeah. head you know like yeah the, the tentacle yeah. yeah tentacles yeah yeah. They look more like tentacles. yeah yeah and uh his sister remember his sister had the the, the knife or whatever um mm-hmm. their species is twi'leks um and uh they're they're very common like in the star wars universe but i like that that little story i liked bill burr's character i didn't mm-hmm. think he was like too overtly you know boston because that's how bill burr's all about his boston you know boston. i thought he yeah. did a good job and uh i i like that little ragtag group and you're like, who's your favorite character? I want to say all of them. As soon as I saw that episode, <laughs> I wanted a toy of every single one of them. I that wanted gang. like, yeah, yeah, that gang. I wanted that gang as like my, uh, like just a gang of awesome. And I'm glad they're not dead. You know, at the end of the episode, yeah. they're they're not. So I want to see them again. Um, yeah. I thought they were just super, super cool. And, and that's the kind of, I like the underworld aspect of, of Star Wars. I like seeing bounty hunters. Like, I mean, ever since I was a kid, obviously, you know, Tess, Everyone out there probably knows Boba Fett's my favorite character. But what? It's, what? How is that possible? But it's <laughs> like because the first time you see him, he's on in Empire Strikes Back, and he's you know talking to Darth Vader with all those other bounty hunters, and they mm. all look so cool, and you only get to see him for a few seconds, and then everything else with them I had to do with my imagination and the action figures. But here, I actually saw these bounty hunter people doing their thing. I was like, that episode yeah. was just so, so cool to me. Um, yeah. It was so, other bounty hunters other than the Mandalorian. Right. Like that, like how they think. Exactly. And how, 
And the Mandos, they just, they work alone. That's their one, like, rule. They work pretty much alone, right? Well, they, the they, they're trying to hide their numbers, essentially. So they only okay. went up, you know, went out because they were kind of, like, hunted to extinction because of, of, of who they oh. are and what they're what they're capable of, as, as you can see. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, they are very different than they were in the Clone Wars cartoons um, when mm-hmm. you saw them there. But this is also, time-wise, like... 50 years removed from that time frame so they've they've changed they've changed a lot um and and so like a lot of that was new to everyone who watched it right like even if you watch right. the clone wars they're still very different than they were back in the clone Wars. so it was still like a, a new experience for everyone but i don't want to move too far away from the question and i want to throw it back at you <laughs> what was who besides the mando and, and baby yoda who was your favorite character um so um I do want to eventually in this episode. I do want to bring up all of the fun actors that popped in the the guests. But my favorite was the nurse droid. Oh, IG Eleven. <laughs> yes, he was like he was he or she was good to his word, and he was pretty badass. Like he was he was awesome. But also it was like that's me as a mom. <laughs> Don't mess with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a droid like that. Well, no, actually. I did, and early on in The Mandalorian, and it was funny how, like, the dynamic of it, and, um, gosh, my head's going a million miles per hour because I just love this movie. Um, this It felt like a long movie. It this, did. It uh, did feel like a long movie. Yeah. But I, I loved, um, and then to backtrack from that is Quill, who created the IG-11 and basically reprogrammed it because we were afraid of IG-11. In the beginning, when I first, met, quote, met it, I've, I've never really paid attention to it before. I guess they were in the episodes before, those type of... Uh, no, uh, the, only, no, the only time you ever saw um, an IG droid, he was... IG-88 is one of yeah. the bounty hunters uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, when you see like what is it five all five of the bounty hunters boba fett you know being one of them uh you mm-hmm. see bosk you see dangar you see zucas um and four lom and then you see ig88 so there's five of them and he doesn't literally do anything but kind of move his head because they it was uh. just like a standing there prop like there was nothing else really to him he couldn't the, the prop couldn't do anything but stand there and i see and so i mean you know, uh, Dave Filoni and and John Favreau um, have been very open about the fact that they've always wanted to see more of those bounty hunters on Darth Vader's ship in mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. And one of the ones they both are very open about wanting to see was one of that IG-88 do something. And since they didn't really want to make it IG-88 himself, it's still the same. It's still the same assassin droid. Now, all that being said. You did see a lot. You did see them in action in the Clone Wars. You saw the yeah. IG units in action in the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. it's almost like you sort of have, um, like, if you did watch the Clone Wars, you're like, oh, I know what they're capable of. But that first episode with IG Eleven doing that shootout, that was awesome. <sighs> that was more than you ever saw in the Clone Wars, and it really illustrates just what IG eighty eight would have been capable of in in Empire Strikes Back as well. Mm-hmm. And really made you fear the the droid. I guess you'd call it, yeah, droid. Um, it really made you fear him, and and you it, 
you were able to be just as scared as Mando was of it when it was like, are you sure that thing's programmed? Are you sure that thing's reprogrammed? But your core setting says this, da-da-da-da-da. But that droid also played a huge part, not just for protecting Baby Yoda, saving Baby Yoda from the dirtbags who tried to beat up Baby Yoda, um, but also it let... I, I I I would love to be a fly on the wall for this and the the drafts for this entire show and where they got their stuff from, but especially the part where they're like, how are we going to reveal Mando's face? We have to do it very carefully. It has to make sense. Um, in like the first or second episode, Mando does take off his helmet to eat, and we but we don't see anything. We just see him put the helmet down, and then he'll eat. But like this was just so carefully constructed and it was just for such a tiny tiny time frame it was beautifully done they could have really screwed that up and just gone a completely different direction and somebody took it off or you know it was just but it but he stayed true to his like his mandalorian virtues which was really important which kept us in you know in love with mando you yeah. know what i mean i mean at this point we were along for for the ride you know as much as anybody else and it's like you you're rooting for him not to take his helmet off even when like you know he's got a wound that needs mm-hmm. to be fixed you know he would rather die than than take his helmet off and we all understand it by this point you know yeah. like cuz we've had we've had eight episodes like explaining it to us and we get it at this point and that's that's what's awesome about it and yeah i'm with you i i thought it was beautifully done i loved the way you know ig11 was like well i am not human you know it's like so yeah. it doesn't matter i'm not a living creature it doesn't matter if i see you i'm just doing my job your mm-hmm. secret sort of your secret dies with me and then that kind of loud mando um what's his name uh jen jen dejeric oh, shoot yeah De- jen yeah. dejeric i think his mm-hmm. name um allowed him to kind of you know, let his guard down. And I I just, I loved it. I loved seeing Pedro Pascal's face right there just for a second. I was like, that's really cool. Um, What did, uh, what'd you think about Cara Dune? Okay. So I did want to bring her up because, well, thank you for bringing her up because I wanted to say if she's listening, which I'm sure she's probably not, maybe in a distant future, she'll come back on this podcast when we're famous and she'll think, wow, Tess was such a jerk for thinking that I wasn't a good actor. But I think she did really great. I, I mean, it wasn't like, holy moly, you need an award, sweetie. It was like, okay, believable. She is great at her type of character. I believed that she had been through many things, killed many people, you know. Uh, and I I believed her character way more than I thought I would. Uh, because I don't know if you guys have seen the, the episode where we review one and two, but I was I was scared that she wouldn't be a good actor, but she was, and I'm impressed. And she's, and she's your one of your favorite. Well, she's your type of girl in general. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a bit of a of a, of a crush on uh, Gina Carano. Um, yeah. I, I think she's, I think she's, she's awesome. Um, but I, I, and I did say this on our Wonder Woman episode. I, I always thought she would make visually the perfect Wonder Woman. Um, I thought she did a fine job in this. But I didn't think she was like movie level ready, you know, to right. to, to be the the main movie character like that. And it's just it just really 
there is just a different level of acting that that you have to be able to tap into, I think, to get these to, you know, to lead these giant, massive um, movies like Wonder Woman uh, 84 that have budgets of like, you know, three hundred million dollars. And and I just I think Gal Gadot just does a fantastic job, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. being Wonder Woman. But uh, that being said, not at all to diminish uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Gina Carano in um, uh, Star Wars. I think she was fantastic. I thought her character was freaking awesome. I loved her character. She's next to the Mandalorian in the little ragtag group. She's probably my favorite, you know, uh, a singular character, side yeah. character on the show. Um, I, I hope to goodness we see more of her and, uh, uh, Carl Weathers, um, Grief mm-hmm. Karga. I hope we see, I liked both of them. I liked everyone. Everybody. That's the thing. I like, I, I, you know, like in the fact that like Carl Weathers kind of turns around and becomes sort of like an ally slash good guy, you know, yeah. I like that. I was like, cool, because I liked him. I like Carl Weathers, you know, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's in this. And even him, his style of acting just fits so perfectly with Star yeah. Wars. It's, it's, it's a little bit, it was a little bit wooden, a little bit wonky, but it's theatrical, but very theatrical, the, but that's perfect for Star Wars. Yeah. So, and, and if you watch, you know, the other movies and whatnot, there. George Lucas has never painted in small strokes. He always paints in broad strokes and he tries to, you know, kind of convey broad stroke ideas. And mm-hmm. because of it, he doesn't try to get any too much nuance out of his actors. He tries to get more broad uh, strokes out of his actors. And even though this feels like more of its own thing, um, uh, Grief Karga, Carl Weathers, uh, uh, definitely felt a part of Star Wars. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he felt like a yeah. Star Wars character. Oh, yeah. Look, Star Wars characters, like, okay, imagine we have one planet, one, for our whole lives. We have, we know humans, we know our animals, we have our plants, we have our air, we have our languages. These people in Star Wars have many planets, many different types of creatures and aliens and things, um, many languages, many, many air, much air, much nature, much everything. Imagine fitting that in your, in your human lifetime. Imagine fitting that all into your head. How much would you take with you? So like these Star Wars characters, they're chunky. They're full of trauma and, and weathering. They've all been, you know, they've been through stuff, you know? So he definitely added to it because he was very heavy. Like all, if you notice all of the star wars characters are heavy like they've got a lot to go through you know i like that that's good i i i, I like that analysis that was i i, I latch on to that one that's good no, i like that I'm, I'm sitting here listening nodding my head like yeah and realize i gotta say something you know because we are in an auditory medium and uh, the only thing that come out can come out of my mouth is i i like that but yeah i agree he had that uh he, he had a weightiness to him to his acting that I yeah. that I very much enjoyed, and you know, and maybe you know the same same time. Uh, I mean, like you go and watch the prequels, and you and I know that that um, Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor. He's terrible mm-hmm. in the prequels because he's so bad <laughs> because George Lucas is not the best like actors director, right? He's sure. he's great high concept director and everything, but he's not the best like actors director yeah. and. You know, uh, Gina Carano, like, and I don't know, like, even if, you know, I'm just, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not trying to be mean, but even her slightly, you know, wooden acting, 
weirdly fits into the Star Wars universe. Like mm-hmm. it just does for some There's reason. There's something behind that yeah. voice. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, just, I loved it. I and and you wanted to talk about like some of the side characters. Um mm-hmm. uh in that little group of mercenaries that I enjoyed, you know, Bill Burr being the, a famous stand up comedian. He's he was the bald guy with that gun backpack thingy. Um mm-hmm. you also have the other Twilight sister was uh were you a big Harry Potter fan? Oh yes, sir. So, so you know who she is then? That was uh that no. was Tonks. <laughs> okay, no, wow, that's really embarrassing. Nope. Okay. Like, so that oh, that was shoot. you know who Tonks is, right? The girl with the purple hair? Yes. Yeah, and so, she was in something else. She was in Game of Thrones too. Yeah, she was one of the yes, wildlings. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know yeah. what that is. Yeah. Oh God, that was gonna be so embarrassing. Okay, well, I mean, she yes. was under a lot of makeup in in this. <laughs> oh my you know? God, but that was Wait, her. Who was she again? Who was she? Again? That, that she was the Twilight, the one with the blade, you know, and <gasps> that like would hiss at you, you know, with the teeth, you know, and everything. That was yes, her. Yes, she was, dude. Wow, she's. I've always thought she was such an amazing actress. She I... can. She can hide it. She's like the Gary Oldman of actresses. Like she can just. She's a freaking chameleon. You don't realize it's her. Mm-hmm. I I love yeah. her. I think I loved yeah. her in uh, um, Game of Thrones. Um, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but I liked mm-hmm. her as Tonks, and mm-hmm. uh, I loved her character in this. I I sometimes yeah. like I, I I sometimes like strong scary women. I, I you know and here's <laughs> and here's the funny thing. When I was a kid, uh, uh, I always liked the 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 female bad guys like the yeah. um like the baroness in gi joe or something i always mm-hmm. liked the scary girls i don't They're know scary. why and my wife is super super sweet although she can be <laughs> a little bit scary so <laughs> she does have For your that, own good Corey. <laughs> she has that latin fire in her but uh Woo! but yeah i i liked i liked that character in this i liked uh um tonks's I don't even. I didn't even know. I, I don't remember her name uh, in that little group, that yeah. ragtag group. But I liked her a lot. Yeah, she was. She was great. I actually. That's funny because you brought up that whole episode with Bill Burr, and that was gonna be what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, she was great. I even was like, "Dang, girl, get it." <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. and and then the the big hulking guy, uh, that guy uh, with the red guy, you know, with the horns, uh, who you think got mm-hmm. killed by the doors closing on him, but you know, just broke his his horn. He was uh, he was another one of their group uh, in the Bill Burr episode. Um, that was Clancy Brown. Uh, he does a lot of voice acting. He was actually a mm-hmm. voice actor in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a fun little cameo in that same episode. Um, remember that that guard that they kind of like were trying? Mando was trying not to kill him, but then she throws the blade into his chest. Um, yes, 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 yes. That, is, then, that was uh, Matt Lanter. He does the voice of Anakin on the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, see? Okay, so when I say that they didn't bring stuff in, like, from these episodes like they really did but you really have to be like Corey status <laughs> yeah Star i think they Wars. did do a good job with like easter eggs and and mm-hmm. there's a there's a, a line that is a hard one to try not to cross whereas you want to put easter eggs in there for people like me but then mm-hmm. you don't want the easter eggs to bog down people like your experience uh, yeah. and i thought that this show did a great job of catering to both sides uh, of that coin and mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm really glad that you and i are talking about it and it's not just like to like star wars super fans because i feel like we're coming at it from two different points of view but at the yeah. same but both points of view are just as valid and yeah. you know the filmmakers actually did a good job catering to both points of view 
Oh my gosh, yeah, they, look, okay, so this is what I don't like for all these reboots and things, things that come back after a long time, is that, okay, yeah, you could bring in people that have been fans since the 70s, since the 80s, whatever, fine, because you're trying to, but in that, you're leaving out a lot of the people that could discover this world for the first time and fall in love with it and want to learn more, you know what I mean? And Mandalorian was... Like I keep saying, they just were able to bring in everyone. And that is how you make a reboot. Not a reboot. I shouldn't say reboot. Continuation. That's how you continue the story. Especially because it's like they've, I mean, since they first came out with episode three in the 70s. What was the first one? Four. Episode four. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's. I know it's it's confusing as hell because episodes four, five, six came out, then episodes one, two, three came there out, we go. and then episodes seven, eight, nine came out. Can I just say though, I'm so glad that episodes one, two, three didn't come out, and there's a, like <laughs> like before four, five, six. Oh right, yeah, because no one would have, uh, no, it wouldn't no. have latched on as as yeah. strong. The fan base wouldn't have been as strong as if it started with episode yeah. one. The force would not have been as strong yeah. if they started with episode one. It's like it's like okay, let's do. Every time I try to rewatch the whole thing, I can hardly get through the prequels. Like we went through half of episode two, and John and I just stopped watching. And now I'm like, why don't we just go back to four, five, six? Because it's hard to get to get through. Um, it'll it, you know just as much as the holiday special. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 not alone in that feeling, uh, uh trust me. Um mm-hmm. and that's that's what's cool about Star Wars is that there's a lot of people who, you know, just love the the in People call it the OT, the original trilogy. People, a lot of people are like, I just love the OT. And then there's there's people younger than than you and me that are like, I love the prequels because that's what I grew up on. And now there's right. people that are even younger and they're like, I like the sequels because that's what I'm watching now for the first time. And uh, and it's cool because like there's something for everybody. And yeah. my my philosophy of Star Wars is, man, even if you just like the Mandalorian, you're a Star Wars fan, and therefore you're my brother yeah. and sister. You know, like, uh, like yeah. I don't, I never, ever, I mean, yes, I can just spout out vomit, um, vomitous amounts of just information, but I never say, like, I never think that, like, if you can't, that your opinion is not valid. I think sure. everyone's opinion is valid. And, and, and I always try to stress that, um, that even if you just watch one movie, your opinion's valid completely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, just because you've been a fan for forever doesn't mean that you know more or less than the people that are just getting into it. If anything, your duty as a fanatic is to to pass on Star Wars so that Star Wars is exciting for everyone. Yes. You know, encourage people to watch it. Yes, like like shepherd it versus like yeah. versus gatekeeping it and say, oh, yeah. just because you don't like the OT stuff, oh, you're not a real Star Wars fan. That is mm-hmm. BS. I mean. Uh, it would be a stretch, but if you said your favorite thing was the the holiday special, then I'd be like, "Well, we have to we have to have a sit down and talk for Let real." Let me put you over this way, <laughs> but, but yeah, but no, it's it's no, I, and and this is you know this is to you too. It's like I don't want you to ever feel like like you know you, you can't talk to me about Star Wars because mm-hmm. I I find your your opinion honestly more refreshing because it, you you can show me things that I might not have even picked up on, you know, because I. 
the bad the bad side about having all this worthless information in my head is that I can <laughs> get bogged down with the minutia, you know, and be like, oh, oh see, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Why did that happen? You're like, then your response can be like, because it's fun. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to walk away and be like, you know, it, was this a fun thing or, you know, like, and I, I think yeah. that's the people who do Star Wars right is when you say, okay, I know the fans are going to want to see this, but is this really the right direction we should go as far as like just fun factor, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, I just think they made every correct step. I I think they made every right choice in this. Oh, yeah. Like just everything was fabulous. I just, it wasn't, like I said, it was a work of art. If anything, if, if that's the only Star Wars world that you're exposed to, that you have the time for, like you leave feeling like you just, it's, you watch something spectacular. Yes. Yeah. You know, no wasted time here. You know? And and even in, and if you do watch a bunch of Star Wars, it adds to your experience. Like, um, yeah. like the episode, uh, the first one with Cara Dune where they, they were on that planet and they had to fight that one mechanized walker. Um, those things mm-hmm. are called ATSTs. Um, mm-hmm. and remember how hard that was for them to like beat because there was just one. Yeah. Well, remember in Empire Strike or Return of the Jedi, the Ewoks had to fight three of them uh four of them four of them Ewoks and and so like it almost like it in a certain way it almost makes you go back and relook at at that in Return of the Jedi and be like oh Ewoks were able to take down like three of them they're badasses because now we can see like how freaking badass just one ATST is so Mm -hmm. I don't know it just it was it was fun in that regard but at the same time like you said it just it's it's also its own little standalone uh, thing that even if you don't know anything about Star Wars, you understand what's happening. You understand that 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 vehicle is a threat. You understand you know what's going on. Um, the only critique that I kind of heard about the whole thing is that each individual episode was a bit standalone. Like it was like it was very standalone, and it didn't. And yeah. I think people were having a problem that it didn't have. It didn't seem to have an overall arch. An overall arc at the end, although I I do think it did, um, but people were like saying it was very like '90s TV like serialized. Like each episode could only could almost be its own little episode, you know? Sure. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. Do you think that that helped or hindered the show as a whole? I'm still trying to decide what I think about that. It didn't bother me. I think it's more like just like, oh, that's just what it is. I feel like there was a little key that'll get you in the door to the next episode each episode. Like if anything, instead of growing the plot, they're growing the character through this. And yes, it could have been in any order. But like, would you have loved Baby Yoda and the Mando connection? by the end as much as you would have if they took out something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just added to your pile of of, uh, wanting to keep watching. And, oh, my gosh, at the end when they did, what did they do? Not Party of Two. What is it called? Family of Two? Yeah, what do you say? You're a clan of two, I think they said. Clan of Two. So sweet. Ugh. How many rhino, what is it, water buffalo? Mudhorn, I think is what it's called. Yeah. (laughs) Mudhorn. How many mudhorn tattoos are going to be? After this last one, huh? A, a like, gazillion. You know, <laughs> a gazillion. If there aren't already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm sure that as we speak, there's a tattoo artist uh, uh, putting it on somebody, you know? Oh, yeah. Or they put it out there. They drew it and they're like, come on down. I'll put it on you. Like, 
Exactly. Yeah. It, it, but it's like it is interesting in the, in this day and age, you know, because you watch. I, I think we've all gotten used to shows like Game of Thrones, where you yeah. have to watch that in order. There's you yes. just have to. Whereas each one of these felt like their own little standalone movies. Um, you know, yes, there are connective tissue and everything between them. And then by the end, you realize that he's like sort of putting together his his team. You know, every episode was sort of you getting sort of introduced to his team, and then they're all going to sort of come together in the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I liked it. I liked the little standaloneness of each episode. And, you know, and, and I also very much enjoyed the fact that it was weekly as opposed yeah. to having it like Netflix where it's all available at once and to be streaming. I would have been so stressed about having to watch it the, that entire weekend. And I just thought it was great. And, and I think Disney made a smart move in doing that because it really kept the fire going the entire eight weeks. You know, everyone talked about it. Everyone's waiting for Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. All excited. You know, and then, you know, like, I I just love that. I thought it was great having it be weekly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, think about all growing up. You and I both lived in a time where we'd have to wait for Friday for the next episode to come out. And how exciting was it? It was like, ooh, this week we get to see what happens to da-da-da-da-da. And you're talking about it at school. You're talking about it with your friends. And then you come in on Monday and you all know. And you're all talking. Like, we had that same, like, we literally had a group text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of just like, oh, my gosh, did you guys see it? Da-da-da-da. Like, it's that excitement. And that's, yeah, they, I 100% agree with you. Disney Plus did an excellent job, excellent planning. Don't just dump it all at once. It was like now you can binge watch it, but like yeah. being part of it was just awesome. Yeah, and and yeah, now yeah, obviously now you can go and binge watch it for the rest of eternity. But <laughs> all of us, all the people who did that eight weeks, like we now have an experience that we all shared, you know. Mm-hmm. And you you'll never get it back again. It, that'll never happen again until season two happens. So uh, I, yeah, I think that was it. Added a layer to the experience of the the cultural conversation the cultural zeitgeist you know and uh, I I very much enjoyed that I loved it and I'm gonna put it on record but I think in 2020 um, we're gonna see Netflix start to mimic that and start releasing shows uh, weekly I I think they'll do it maybe with Stranger Things season four I think they'll want to get as much because I mean that, that that business model just can't last like you have to yeah. create like a whole new series every you know every every month and then like people get excited about it for one one weekend and then it's over and no one talks about it anymore whereas here eight months that's or eight weeks that's two months like disney plus yeah. got two months of of you know promotion out of it and and steam and everything and people being excited you know oh yeah oh yeah and so when does season two come out? <laughs> Fall, unfortunately. Fall. Yeah, that stinks. Okay. But between now and then, we do have a new season of Clone Wars dropping uh, next month, which is a big deal for us Clone Wars fans. And then, you know, you know, Di- you know Disney slash Star Wars will have the release of Rise of Skywalker on home video uh, a couple months, probably, probably yeah. by February, I'm sure. The way the way how fast these things happen now, you know, at least by March for 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 sure uh mm-hmm. so you know i think we'll be kept busy in uh the star wars realm um i think news wise we'll start getting news about the obi-wan kenobi show um i don't know what they're going to do with the cassian Andor show that seems to be a little bit stalled out at the moment or at least we haven't heard anything from it so uh you've seen rogue one right you yes i don't remember it i just remember it was that really that english girl she was the lead yeah yeah and yeah uh, remember the guy that shoots that guy in the back at the beginning? He's kind of like he works for the rebellion, but he you 
know, he was he might be bad. He's like a little rougher around the edges. They're making a prequel to Rogue One, and oh it's my gosh. and it's him, Cassie and Andor, um, kind of doing like that James Bond. I, I think they want to spin it, make it sort of like a James Bond of Star Wars, you know. But Ooh. but that show was announced before the Mandalorian was announced, and we haven't heard boo about it so i don't really know what's happening with that one okay so do you i know okay um we all know you're a giant fan of star wars but as a giant fan of star wars do you think there's too much star wars and i'm not being sarcastic i'm being totally serious no, a, like no it's, I, that's something i've literally thought about um i think that there can be um i i think but it hasn't happened yet, even mm-hmm. though Disney got scared by by what happened with Solo. But I don't think Solo was an example of too much Star Wars. Solo was the fallout of The Last Jedi, a.k.a. the most divisive Star Wars movie of all time. And I think it was just too soon for the fan base to, to deal with that, basically. Okay. Um, especially since, since Han Solo is such a beloved character. And yeah. people are like, I, I can only picture Harrison Ford. But honestly, Solo, I think, is a great movie. Uh, that being said, I think Solo would have been a better better tv show like the mandalorian okay okay yeah i could see that if they you know what you make a really good point it they absolutely could it, they could really like goo out a lot of solo his character and his backstory and his relationship with chewy and oh yeah absolutely i, I oh think oh my gosh i think if you, i think if you took the solo movie and then chopped it up and stretched it out and added some more stuff to it and give it a little bit more like beefiness to it. Maybe more stuff to do with Infus Nest or something like that, um, who I loved. I mean, I loved everything about Solo. I just mm-hmm. think it would have been better served as a TV show. After seeing The Mandalorian, I think it would have been better served as a TV show. Mm. Um, Dang, but to, that one. But to answer your question, I think there is... such a thing as too much star wars because i used to read the comic books and and all this kind of stuff that have now been you know de-canonized meaning they aren't technically like valid anymore like like the stories aren't they're not they're called legends now you know right but they're not they're not before it was all like yes this happened this really happened and then they're they're just as valid as the movies and everything but they decanonized them and i do agree at some point i was like you know i'd walk in see a wall of star wars books and i'm just like i don't even know where to begin like you know yeah yeah, and i didn't read a lot of the the books and everything you can still go to barnes and noble and see the star wars section it is like walls of of books um so i i do think that there can be too much star wars so I hope that that the Star Wars that comes out, I want it to be thought about. I want it to be thoughtful. I want it, it my I mean, this is like screenwriting 101. My very first uh, screenwriting teacher back in college. He's like before you sit down and write any story, you have to ask yourself is this a story that needs to be told, right? Sure. Not just sure. for the sake of of doing it, but like what is the purpose of this story? And mm-hmm. if if you can sit down and say if, if the purpose is anything other than just fan service, then okay. But if the purpose is to just fill a void and have Star Wars, then no, I don't want to see that. You right. Know? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great answer. Yeah. And, and that's like with any movie. Like I, I look for movies to, to give me something. 
It's yeah. A- well, mm-hmm. And those are the ones that really impact you. And those are the stories that you want to know. It's not just another like spaghetti Western. It's like, what can I learn from this? What do you want me to take from this? Even though like, you know, storytelling is such like an act of play, you can certainly overdo it or underdo it or just not do it. <laughs> it just didn't, doesn't work for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I totally agree. And I, I just think that like, like anything, you know, um, just make sure the story is good. Make sure that, that, that there's a point to this. Make sure that like yeah. you're, you're imparting some kind of like mythos or, or, you know, uh, uh, an example for the kids to follow. Just, I mean, at its core, Star Wars is for kids. It's, it's modern mythology. It's, it's all, it's trying to impart some kind of lesson essentially. And the older I get, the more lessons that I actually see in Star Wars. I'm like, oh my God, that, you know, George Lucas was was right about that and was right about that and granted you know he leaned heavily on joseph campbell uh you know the the hero's journey and and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that we're all very much familiar now because uh the um the the hollywood movie template has been the the joseph campbell hero's journey basically ever since the 80s you know it, it's 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 all it's what we all know because you guys all know you watch a movie and there's going to be a part where the main character doesn't want to take up the hero's journey He's always like, no, no, I can't. I don't have time to do it. And in Luke's case, it was like, I can't join the, I can't leave now because I got another season, whatever. Every hero's journey has the same steps, you know, and, and that's all Joseph Campbell and, uh, um, you know, George Lucas relied heavily on that, but he did it because he looked around in the late seventies and he watched all, he was seeing all these, um, you know, um, Vietnam movies, these movies like taxi driver and stuff. And all these post Vietnam movies were just so gritty and, and gross. And he's like, there's nothing for kids to watch, to get some kind of, of lesson out of anywhere around here. Like well, what lesson are you getting out of taxi driver? And yeah, I, I don't think every movie needs to have a lesson. I think taxi driver is a fantastic movie and I love it, but it's not, a movie to teach kids any lessons and at the time there was a glut of that there was no like every movie was like some kind of gritty thing and and there was just no fantasy movies that could really teach a kid you know lessons and that's why he looked to um well he he looked at movies like flash gordon and stuff his early serials that he grew up on and Mm -hmm. when when he couldn't actually get the the um rights to flash gordon if he got the rights to flash gordon we wouldn't have star wars he he made star wars because he wanted to make flash gordon and he couldn't get the rights to it so he just was like well screw it i'll just make my own flash gordon but at its core he wanted to make a movie to teach kids lessons yeah and i mean it's not even for kids, it's for adults too because we all have our own like inner child and we walk away being like, huh, I feel enlightened. Like the thing about humans, and this is me philosophizing, <laughs> here we go. You know what I mean? Um, we, um, shoot. While you're thinking about it, and please cut me off this minute you think about it, but I think we as humans, we learn from stories. We, we especially if we don't have like mentors and stuff to teach us. So I think we rely heavily on stories that are that are told to us now granted when we were younger aka i mean young younger uh, as a species we would tell stories by the campfire we would tell mm-hmm. stories about um you know norse gods and all this kind of stuff and 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 it would be so that we could impart a lesson upon yeah. people 
Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what I was going to say, but I was going to say something else. Oh, well, sometimes Tessa loses the ticket to the train, thought train, <laughs> and uh, there it goes. Uh, but it, I, you know what? I think you picked up what I was putting down, and yep. Exactly. It's, it's, I'm in agreeance. It's modern <laughs> mythology and and this yeah. and I believe, you know, this is definitely a lot more like fan servicey and a lot more like it's by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans, but it has a lot of lessons for kids too. And and you know, people that I've talked to in podcasts I listen to like um RFR specifically, uh, both of the hosts have young kids and they were much more into Mandalorian than they were like Rise of Skywalker. Like the entire world was into the Mandalorian and baby Yoda. And I mean, just the fact that like my mom now knows what a Mandalorian is, is insane <laughs> to me. You know, yeah. like I, I've in uh, the funny thing is like Boba Fett. Well, he's a, he's not a Mandalorian, but we didn't know that back in empire strikes back day. The, the term Mandalorian was like first in like a first seen in like a, a, a role-playing book, like a star Wars role-playing book, right? Like the Mandalorian, yeah. the words Mandalorian is never uttered in the Star Wars original Star Wars trilogy. It's like something that like the fans sort of created and then now it's just what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as, as, as humans, we're perpetual learners and this is just adding to it. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but is, I mean, yeah, there's so much to talk about in this episode. Like, I mean, you, you mentioning, uh, uh, characters or actors, um, the two biker scouts at the beginning yeah. of the last episode. The last one. Yeah. That yeah, was, uh, J- Jason Sudeikis and, uh, Adam Polly. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. The one, I think the one. <laughs> The one that was kind of like with, with with Baby Yoda, I think that was Jason Sudeikis. And then uh, the one that wanted to see, kept wanting to see Baby Yoda, that was uh, Adam Polly, who I loved on uh, The Mindy Project. Did you ever watch uh, The Mindy Project? No, I didn't. Um, it, I, I love that they do that. It's like you really have to be like, is that the character? Like, even Amy Sedaris, like John, my husband, didn't even recognize her. I was like, that's Amy Sedaris. He's like, no, it's, oh, my God, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. They weren't trying to be like, this is our guest uh, person. They're like, if you see it, you see it. If you don't, somebody will tell you later and you will be amazed. Like, <laughs> Yep. I, I think there was like everyone had was something. Yeah, they used a lot of comedians, actually, I found. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, the blue guy in um, the very beginning, the first episode. Oh, shoot. I forgot his name. He was, uh, it just escaped my tongue. He was on SNL. Um, anyways, yeah, he, yeah he, he was a comedian. <laughs> uh amy sedaris like you said um she was in it uh it's just so many so many people just so many and i was like ah it's cool and i like the fact that like jason sudeikis and and adam polly didn't take their helmets off like they were just biker scouts the whole time it's like okay cool and side note uh biker scout armor is my favorite stormtrooper armor if i were to ever cosplay (laughs) as a stormtrooper it would be a biker scout oh yeah i think it's really cool looking i mean Honestly, because, I mean, my my favorite movie is Return of the Jedi. My favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. And, and obviously they were featured heavily in that. And um, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, because I saw it when I was like, you know, five years old, I would go back in my, you know, the woods behind my house and, and ride my bicycle through the woods. And I would just pretend I was a biker scout, you know, and I just <laughs> thought they were really, really cool looking. So it was kind of, it was fun to see them, you know, get featured uh, in the final episode like that, even though those two particular ones were jerks <laughs> jerks they beat up baby yoda but baby yoda was like unfazed he's like what up <laughs> i'm about to get saved yeah. oh. well awesome i'm glad that we both loved it and um 
I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you loved it above all. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you loved it above all because <laughs> I, I would rather I'd rather you like it because I mean I think we all know I'm gonna like it, but I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> well, you could have not liked it. Yeah. You know, could have been could have been like episode one through three, but it wasn't. That's, it was. It was not. It was so much better than than uh, Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, or Revenge of the Sith. Um, do yeah. you, before we close out, do you have anything you want to see in season two? Anything particular? Um, and, and I know you no. don't like, you don't have to like call out particular characters, but like, you know, of what, of the stuff that you already saw, do, is there anything more that you want to, that you'd like to be added onto it? I really, I just want to know more about baby Yoda so we can actually give him a name or I just want to know about his species, um, or her species. What if it's a girl? We don't know. Ooh, ah, uh, yeah, hmm. interesting. Um, but the thing is, we'll never see Baby Yoda grow up. No, I mean, yeah, unless they do like time jumps, like big jumps in time. Because oh, I mean, yeah. if they if they're like that small and they're fifty, yeah, exactly. I think I think I don't think we'll ever see it on the show. Maybe like season five, it's the last you know finale, and then they do like a hundred year time jump or something, so that, yeah. that so that Baby Yoda is actually adolescent Yoda. Because I mean, you got to remember, Yoda was nine hundred <laughs> years old. Teenage Yoda. Yeah. So like yeah. even even a hundred years old isn't even teenager, right? Like I mean, oh if you gosh. can live to nine hundred, like it's like four hundred is 400. is like your thirties, right? So yeah, yeah. maybe like a hundred is hundred is like twelve or thirteen, basically. Oh my god! Can you imagine having a teenager for a hundred years? <laughs> Being a teenager for a hundred years sounds like hell. <laughs> sounds like yeah. horrible hell. <laughs> oh my gosh! When people complain about their teen years, Yoda is like. Teenage years, you know not. <laughs> I, I had them for a hundred years. Can you imagine going through puberty for a hundred years? Oh my god! Oh my god! And the, your voice breaking and getting getting little Bro. Yoda zits and everything for a hundred years. Amazing! Wow, are we the first to realize this? <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure somebody's thought about it. That's um, got to be an SNL sketch. Like, yeah. That's a good SNL sketch. But I, I'm I'm with you. I and I think this is what will be the big thing in season two is I think we'll get a name. Like I think he'll yeah. he, and I think uh, the Mando will give him a name. Um, and, oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd that would be, be cool. And I want to see him start making some armor for him. I want if yeah. he. I would love to see him train Baby Yoda in the ways of the Mandalorian. <laughs> I think that would be so cool. What if Yo- Baby Yoda teaches him how to be a Jedi, a Mando Jedi? Yeah, that I mean. Like both ways, like like I, yeah. like him teaching him the power of the force, which you know that was one of the things that the prequels I, I didn't like what they did, which was they put this number on people of like how many midi chlorians you have in you kind of directly correlates to like how strong you are. Whereas yeah. in the original, you know, growing up in in the eighties and without having like any books and any comics to go with it, we just had the three movies, and the idea was that like any one of us could be a, a Jedi. Like we all have the ability yeah. inside of ourselves you know um i I hope they kind of go back in that direction um i Mm. i I feel like even in the sequels they're they're kind of like leaning very hard on uh lineages and 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 bloodlines and that's that's all i'm going to say spoilery about rise of skywalker i think they're just relying very heavily on on lineages and i kind of liked it better when i had the idea that ray was just just a nobody that that um that could just use the force really well because when I was growing up, 
that was kind of what was presented, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to me, and that any one of us can can be a Jedi. But think about it, like the major turning points in Star Wars are the lineages. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and and that's what like the hook is, and and I do, yeah. and you know, I do like the fact that it's like it's a family story and and everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I get it. Like, I feel like in, in movies like that because it's soap opera. That's a soap opera, and like George Lucas will will also be the first to tell you it's it's a space opera. It's not a sci fi yeah. movie. It's a space opera about families, and I think at its core, that's important. But I also do think it's important to tell the kids that it doesn't matter where you come from, you can achieve greatness from every aspect of life you know you just have to believe in yourself and believe in this power that's all like around you and everything and you know i like you know there's things that he gets right about like meditating and clearing your mind and listening to your inner self and things that i didn't discover until i was like 40 some years old you know and Mm -hmm. and things that i want to teach my kid when they're much younger so they can have a a better leg up but i mean i i honestly i i I go full Jedi. I mean, I go full force. I believe in the force. I believe in energies. Um, and at this yeah, point, I just call it too. the force. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a big religious guy. I go mm-hmm. more towards force. And I, I, yeah. I believe in, I think he got a lot of things right, uh, George Lucas, when it came to how the Jedis do and think and stuff. Yeah. And even if he's not a great director, he is a really good storyteller. Yeah. And he was able to, he, he, whether directly or indirectly, he was certainly able to set future writers up to bounce off of the theories and the, the mythos that he created. Like there's a lot. That's, that's why Star Wars is such a big universe because people are like, oh, then that, then that, then that. Like everything that he made made sense. And it was just like a Lego building of this world. And, and, and that's why there's, they just keep going. Yeah. And and the Mandalorian is, is a very much uh, a realization of George Lucas's vision. He, he wanted a show like this, like back in the nineties, it just, we technologically, we weren't, he wasn't capable of doing it, uh, within the budget parameters of what he wanted to the point where he was going to buy a plot of land up in Santa Barbara or something where he was going to just turn into a, a giant studio where he was just going to film star Wars all the time. But his, what he Mm -hmm. wanted, because I think he always wanted to bring star Wars kind of to TV as well. But what he wanted was, uh, his friend directors to be just go play in this universe that he created. He wanted like uh, Ron Howard. He wanted Ron Howard way before Ron Howard directed uh, Solo. He wanted Ron Howard to to just make a Star Wars movie. He I think he built this universe with the intention that his friends would just come and play in it and with him and, and make movies in it. So now you see The Mandalorian with, uh, you know, Dave Filoni directs an episode. Uh, uh, Taika Waititi directed the finale. Yes. I mean, his, his humor was all over that the the biker scouts were totally uh taika's you know uh, stuff um but that's the thing like i feel like even though this is disney and as much as we all kind of like hate disney for being the giant you know conglomerate that it is without disney money this would have never gotten off the ground and it's I think this is more in line with Lucas's vision than, say, the sequel movies are. I think mm-hmm. this, The Mandalorian, is more of what George Lucas wanted to see come from his from his creation than than the sequel films ever were. That's amazing! Wow. Yeah. I'm just learning so much. Sometimes when it's my like you earlier, sometimes when it's my turn to talk, I'm like, oh wait, am I supposed to say something? <laughs> I'm just learning here. I'm still like <laughs> absorbing, and you know, knowing that like Dave Filoni directly 
worked under George Lucas's tutelage on the Clone Wars. And like, I mean, you can go and watch a gazillion uh, YouTube videos behind the scenes. They did a lot of behind the scenes on that. And just what you can hear George teaching Dave Filoni about like what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And it's not wow. it's not rules. There's no there's not it, what people forget. It's like, does a Jedi do this? You go to we'll talk to George Lucas. George Lucas does not adhere to any freaking rules that he created because every movie that he creates, he's like, got to do something new with it. You got to do something something new you got to have fun with it and he is a master storyteller that you know like he everyone's like oh but you know the new these movies don't have cohesion or whatever and you got to remember like george was george lucas made it up as he went along too you know but but it was his vision you know and that's what kind of you know made it cohesive but you know he didn't he didn't have it all planned out he just kind of made it up as he went along and uh but he's he's also not precious about his artwork either so (laughs) zing i i honestly like I loved my love for George Lucas is not so much. um, Yes, it's Star Wars and everything. But my love for George Lucas is how incredibly smart businessman he was and like Mm -hmm. how he took his idea and molded it and shaped it and what he did with it and the things he said yes to and the things he said no to. And and that's that's what I those are the lessons that I try to take away from from it, you know. It's just incredible. Like, I I still think it's so incredible that one human can create an entire world and actually make it such a movement that people connect with it. Like, like Walt Disney is an entire Disneyland, and he has probably saved lots of lives with his philosophies and stories and things. And not to say that George Lucas hasn't saved lives, but he's like certainly influenced people to be storytellers, to play, to expand their imagination, to think what is out there in the stars, you know, kind of thing. And and that comes from one human mind who just true artist, you know, who believes in their work and themselves and just even though they have no idea what's going to happen, like just putting one foot in front of the other. And he's I wonder if he wakes up every day and he's like, whoa, did I just do that? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like being him, he cre- like, oh, that's just and I mean, and, and it wasn't an easy ride for him. He he suffered. He the making a new hope was very hard for him making that the the very first star wars movie even before it was called a new hope and it was just called star wars that was i mean it it gave it put him in the hospital like he had a freaking heart attack from it from from the stress uh at the age of like you know like 25 or something like it's ridiculous like so he suffered for it and i i feel like he 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 deserves admiration and you know and and it it it's funny because i lived through the prequel era and everyone was like, Oh, I hate George Lucas. He ruined my childhood. This and that, this and that. And like, like all the prequels are like, Oh, screw you, George Lucas. This stinks. This isn't star Wars. And then now the same people with the, with the Disney sequels, they're like, Oh, I miss you, George Lucas. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, don't you now? Don't you miss George Lucas? And I'm not even trying to, to, to poop on the sequels. I, I rather enjoy them, but I do feel like they're missing George Lucas's touch to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, they turn a little too Disney sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I love Disney. I will be a Disney fan till the day I die, but sometimes there is too much, too much Disney. Yes. You know, they they have so many limitations sometimes in their movies. They do and they don't. You know, if, it depends on how creative you can get around those limitations to create an amazing show, i.e., Mandalorian. Um, but you know, yeah, sometimes it's just like, 
the story could have been really great, but whoever directed it or wrote it or whatever, they just had so uh, so many walls that they had to get through. Yeah, and sometimes people just get like lost in the minutia, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. you know, I think with Star Wars, it's 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 space opera, it's space fantasy, yeah. it's not sci-fi. The um the 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 technology isn't supposed to hold up under under scrutiny you know what i mean like it's not supposed to and i think sometimes i think and i don't want to you know crap on people who really get into like how the spaceship works and and whatnot but i love the designs of things but i don't think you're supposed to get lost in like how does this x-wing fly i don't think that that's supposed to matter i think what you're supposed to take away is what's the story of of luke skywalker overthrowing tyranny i think that's what you're supposed to to care about you know yeah if you're gonna care about how the spaceship flies like we said before let's talk about the languages in the air that they all breathe right yeah (laughs) exactly and then the fact that like yeah and and how do the gunner spots work on the millennium falcon because if you notice they're like also like they're facing upwards uh Mm -hmm. it's it's really weird the millennium falcon is really weird design (laughs) if if you actually like take it apart and look at it um Mm -hmm. but the cool thing is there actually is a lot of books that do these like cross sections so you can actually see what what you know is in there um as a kid i used to love that and it's funny because as a kid i did love the minutiae i did love how it all worked and everything and you know, it was all that. And as I got older, it was when I sort of was like, no, who cares about that? Like, it's, it's fantasy. It's not, it doesn't, you know, that's not what's important here. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Whew, I, we've been trying to wrap up this episode for 20 minutes now, but we've got so much to say. I know, I know. And, and we didn't even talk about like the dark saber that was at the end. And, and yeah, we did. Well, uh, we, oh, no, we did it. And we lost it in our first uh, draft of the, of the episode. <sighs> Um, but yeah, the dark saber was cool at the very end and that's from the clone wars cartoons. And, uh, you know, uh, I told you now off air because we, we lost the recording, but like that saber is of such a big deal to the Mandalorians Mm -hmm. that it's cool because you see it and you're like, Oh, that's neat. But like, it has so much backstory, uh, that was fleshed out in the clone wars cartoons that it's really neat to see it. And that was one of those things where it was like very fan service for the people who know, but then, you know, people don't know there's like, Oh, that's just badass looking, you know, regardless. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, but just so you know, Tess, that thing is was crafted by like a, a Mandalorian Jedi, and the blade is like older than lightsaber technology. It's like wow. different technology, it's precursor technology to lightsabers. So, and then basically it's whoever has it uh can lead the Mandalorian. So, you know, wow. I'm sure that. That Jin, Jin De, uh, I forgot his last Jin, Jin Dejeric, I think uh, the Mando. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think he'll try to have it at some point. But if he has it, that means he can lead all the Mandalorians. So I don't know where it's going to go, but I think that we're going to see a lot of that and that that Moff, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, we're going to see a lot of him in in the next season. Everybody was just such good at Oh, my gosh. Like, at the end, I can't think of his name. I think he just said him. But the, the guy with the, the, the black um The black, yeah, the dark saber, yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. He was he was scary. Like, yeah. he was actually scary. I was like, oof. Did, I would not want to run into him. Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? No. Me, me neither. But apparently okay. he was a big bad guy in that movie, or that show. And uh, so I think, yeah, he, he plays bad guys. But, boy, he was so Phew. good. 
so yeah. good and and like just i know we're trying to wrap it up but i love the fact that like he <laughs> nah. he was so calm and collected that like when the mandalorian turned that big machine gun on him he you know yeah. he, he most of us would like panic and be like ah you know try to shoot and run he was like hmm. he assessed the situation then he shot the power supply of the of the gun you know because he took Genius. that he took that second to pay attention you know whereas like and i said panic. you yeah, yeah you and i would just panic and be like oh my mm-hmm. god what do i do and he was like he was like i could either shoot the mandalorian and he looked down and he shot the the power supply for the gun and i was like that's so smart that's what that's what makes him terrifying because yeah his confidence his confidence and the fact that he can think that clearly under pressure is what makes him truly scary which means he's been doing that for a long time. I hope we see a lot more of him. I hope he's the main yeah. big. I mean, I, I think that's what they're building up to be. And I think there'll be a more of an arch or an arc in the next one, like having a big bad sort of pursuing the entire time. Now that we have a face to go with it, I think now he'll be sort of the big bad in the next season. Um, yeah. But I, I hope we see more of him because he was he was cool. He, he's a cool actor and he's a cool character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So. Oh man, <laughs> there's so much goodness. This could just go on and on. I'm glad it's just me and you because if we had more people, this would be like a three-hour episode probably Yeah, <laughs> or more. I think so. Yeah, we, we just refinished <laughs> recording uh, an episode with John, which won't drop for another few weeks. But uh, that yeah. was a lot of fun. If, if we were doing this with John, it probably would have been at least a two-and-a-half-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. And John, not my husband John, John from Blast From Our Past. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, John, no, you're good. John, John Spees, not, uh, <laughs> not Hubs. <laughs> not Hubs, Hubs. Hubs, hubs. Not John Babe, as I, as I call him. <laughs> John Babe, Corey's BF. That's right. Well, Tess, this was fun. I I, was really I fun. loved it. Um, I yes, I could talk for another hour about it. I but... love I love listening. I, I love I love philosophy. I'm gonna get that word <laughs> philosophy thing. Um, stories and and things like that. I like analyzing. I'm a passionate storyteller, so in that, I'm a passionate analyzer of stories. So I love uh, when you just go off. I just let you talk. I'm ah. like, go off, Corey. I want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, and I do enjoy talking, but I absolutely love hearing your input and your feedback. And you know, like I said, it, I, I don't I don't care if this is the first time you ever saw anything Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. Your, your, your um, opinion is just as valid as mine. Um, I think, if anything, my opinion gets weighted down by all the, the knowledge and BS, all the BS that I have in there, you know. So it's it's definitely nice to to have a, a a conversation, a cleaner conversation that's not mired by all this dogma and stuff, you know. <laughs> Don't talk yourself down, man. That's a lot of a lot of work to retain. That your brain is is uh, got a lot of storage space. <laughs> I mean, can, like, can I just like. Like, like, I don't understand the fact that I can literally read a character, a Star Wars character name once and be like, cool, got it. And yet I can't freaking, you know, do my taxes or, <laughs> or do any like sort of like adulting things correctly. But yet I right. can recall any Star Wars BS that I've remotely even just seen, you know? Yeah. Well, because taxes are like, uh, it's like a processed food, you know, whereas storytelling is, uh, is a natural ability. I think that's what it is. Yeah, so ta- taxes, that made you taxes feel are BS. That's what they it are, is. Yes, they are. <laughs> Give me my money. Give me my money. Give me my money so we can make more Star Wars movies. That's right. That's right. So, all right. <laughs> all right well, Corey. Tess, uh, yeah, exactly. Which, where, where can we find you online? 
You can find me on Instagram at Tessianos. That's T E S S L A N O S. And Corey, my friend, me amigo, where can I find? Where can I find you? I've already found you. <laughs> where can everybody else find you? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram, uh, most active at uh, on at Corey Nation, but also on the OCD podcast. Pretty much all the all the Instagrams mm-hmm. is where I sort of live. And uh, eh, usual podcast, we talk about this all the time. You don't need to hear mm-hmm. about that. Plus. We got big news coming for y'all in the next uh, by by February, I'd say. So yeah, we'll, we'll so excited. F- yeah, we'll fill you in on that closer time comes. But uh, big things are happening here at OCD, and uh, we love and appreciate all the feedback and and reviews and all the comments that you guys give us on on Instagram, on Facebook, the messages you send us, the the personal texts that you know our friends yes. send us that <laughs> listen, just everything. We we love it, and you know yeah. we want this to be always. We keep saying it we want this to be a discussion um and uh you know what i was thinking we need to get like a hotline where people can like call in and just leave voice messages that we can put on uh like you can get a google voice number i think and then people just call in and like leave a voice message and then we can just play the mp3 and and respond so i'm gonna look into that email us email us an mp3 of you uh, you can yeah yeah do that too you can you can do that too um uh you can you can record it like on your phone and then Mm -hmm. send it to but yeah let me i'm putting that out there now um, if you guys have any way, shape, or form in getting us an MP3 of of anything, just throw it. It doesn't matter if it's something we talked about before. We'll just put it at the beginning of the episode, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. We want this always to be a discussion, basically. Yes. So you can record it on your phone. You can record and email it to us or, or text it to us or whatever. But I'm also going to try to work on getting a, a voicemail lineup, too. So. Ooh. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion. Did I say that right? Podcast. I'm Tess. Yeah, and I'm Corey. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal is super yummy. And Bye, guys. <laughs> so is Cara Dune. <laughs> this has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.